Good Thursday afternoon. Hope everybody's staying dry and safe out there. Welcome to a football show. My name is Braden Gall. His name is Zach Lyons. We are brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group. Zach, good to have you back in the saddle, my friend. How are you, sir? Oh, it's, I'm. I am. We are not from Friday tomorrow all the way through Fourth of July holiday. We ain't doing shit in this, <laughs> and we have earned it. We have earned not doing shit over these last, you know, forty-eight to seventy-two hours. Yes, I guess we should probably say that right up here on the on the front. Uh, no show on Monday because Zach has earned some time off. Uh, obviously, we have a lot to discuss. Nicholas Petit Ferrer just suspended for six games. NPF will not be playing for the Tennessee Titans for the first six games of the regular season for Whenever. gambling on non hang on gambling on non NFL games at a team facility. So Whenever we'll we that. think that we don't have anything to talk about, <laughs> the NFL God news gods bless us with something to talk about. Peace and peace. Uh, thank, thank, body of the NFL Christ, body of the NFL Christ. We do appreciate you guys for 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 giving us this content today. Um, uh, well, there's a lot of angles to this. Most of them are quite stupid and quite dumb um, from basically every party involved. So we'll get to that today on the show. That'll be the the, the, the main topic. Uh, I was at the NHL draft first round on, on Wednesday evening at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, there's just, it's so, it's so different. It's just so different. And I think the NHL needs to learn from the NFL because the NFL has done it better than everybody else. So uh, we'll do some NFL does a lot of things better than everybody else. Yeah, minus maybe their gambling policy, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, and then we're going to, because it's going to be a hundred freaking degrees in Nashville, right when I'm putting plants into my yard, perfect timing as usual. Uh, um, we're going to have some summer heat wave uh, hot takes for you guys. Uh, I'll be planting is- them deep in the ground right now because they could yeah. be just flying down your uh, neighborhood street. Uh, but they do need some water, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the rain. I uh, hope everybody, again, safe out there. Um, it always seems to happen, too. Like, the big storms come through Nashville right when we're doing the live show. Thanks a lot, weather. Uh, so, uh, but here's the thing, Zach. We're going to do a little, turn into a little game here. Zach's going to have all your hot, Titans summer heat wave hot takes. I will react. We will react. If you want to jump into the comments, we do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I will offer up some SEC hot takes. Zach will react. And you guys can react in the comments as well. So we do appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. Of course, Sinker's Beverages, 2022's Liquor Store of the Year by the Nashville scene in the city of Nashville. Their sister store, Bluegrass, up in Hendersonville. Sign up for the in-crowd. Get great opportunities to pick out allocations and fancy tastings and all kinds of cool stuff. Great beer selection, great wine selection, great knowledge. Um, uh, How about this? I did not know this about Sinker's Beverages, Zach. Mm. But our main man, Grant, up there, who is... The guy I go to every time I go in there, he's he's basically in charge of all the booze and knows exactly what you need for what occasion. He played in Sturgill Simpson's band one time. Oh like, man, what are we what are we doing? That's crazy. <laughs> like, what he play? He, he texted not to give him not to give him give him. Uh, I'm not. I don't mean to like call him out here or dox him or whatever the kids say these days. But like he texts me from Paris, France, not Tennessee, and is like like hugging Sturgill Simpson. And I was like, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, yeah, I ran into an old friend. I was like, what do you mean an old friend? He goes, yeah, I, I used to play in his band back in the day in East Nashville. And I'm like, wait a second. The guy who helps me pick out wine is in Paris, France, hanging out with Sturgill Simpson because he used to play in a ba- Like, that's the most Nashville shit I've ever heard in my entire life. So I, sinkers beverages, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, 
Kingston Group, of course, buildkg.com. Uh, hopefully none of you need any renovations after the storm, but if you do, remember that name, Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Um, Stoney, happy birthday, by the way. How about that? Happy birthday to Stoney Keeley, Sobros yep. Network. Uh, stack in the inbox, Efforts Pod, all that great stuff. We're on a fun show for you guys today. Okay. All right. NPF, suspended six games. Uh, there's a lot of different angles here, Zach. I'm going to ask you what you think the offensive line will look like through those six games. What are the options there? We could talk about the NFL policy, but it seems pretty cut and dry. While I think NPF probably made some silly, small, stupid mistake. It's like seems... betting on Ohio State to beat Georgia. That is what I'm rolling with. He hey, almost won and bought. <laughs> well, they, they still lost and it would have been and still without knowing that they were going to lose. Ohio State was never going to beat Georgia. I, I will give you my SEC hot takes later, Zach, okay? <laughs> uh, um, no, so listen, NPF, six games, and we'll get to the Colts side of this too, which is interesting to me. Um, the NFL obviously has to have a ridiculously strict integrity policy for the outcomes of the games. You cannot be running a multi-billion dollar industry where reality TV and every single top-rated television show on, on TV that charges the most for advertising dollars of any product ever made on television is the NFL. You cannot have the outcomes in question. So I understand having a very strict policy on gambling on NFL games. And MPF did not gamble on an NFL product, an NFL-related game. He was in, a, in the Titans facility by all accounts. And, and clearly, this is not a new thing. He talked about the, the gambling symposium for rookies about a month ago, I believe, with Nick Suss of the Tennessean. Uh, Vrabel has been asked about this multiple times. The rule is pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Like number one, don't bet on the NFL. Number two, don't bet, uh, don't bet on anything in a team facility on a team charter plane or in a team hotel. And they're, they're, they're like one sentence rules, right? Like these aren't very complicated rules. And if you notice, cause a, a vending talks about this in the, in the YouTube chat, the NFLPA, even when Calvin Ridley got suspended, I Googled. They put out no statement, and they put out a statement for every fucking thing. Like, if a player sneezes, <laughs> they're like, oh, we got to talk about CT. Like, that, the NFLPA puts out some of the most ridiculous statements. And they have said nothing even after the Detroit Lions players had, like, six players get suspended. Like, the NFLPA, you want to talk about who has an education issue? That's who you start with. This is not – there is no NFL education issue. Well, I, I tend to agree with you. Again, we can debate the rule being a little too strict or too yeah, stupid rule, or rule, whatever, but – Yeah, let, let's, let's you know, put a disclaimer out there. I don't think either of us agree with the rule from a silly factor standpoint, right? Like, you're not even betting on the NFL games. Yeah, it's in, in the facility, but, you know – Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous to do it. However, however, the NFL says six games because people are like, well, six games seems extreme. They don't want any gambling, period. They are nipping it in the butt. No gambling because it's a gate. It could be a gateway, right? Like you start gambling in the facility. Yeah, maybe it's not going to be NFL games at first, but it eventually can be. NFL games, right? It's not that hard to go in your app to an NFL game and bet an NFL game. Well, the, the Colts you player can have were, the best of all know. intentions, but you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Like you can accidentally you can accidentally hit the button. Like yeah. you can, well, that's why the rule's there, right? The rule's there yeah. is because they don't want they don't want you to be tempted 
to bet on an NFL game. Which, of course, That's, is still there. Very, very tempting, as we yeah. see with the Colts having to cut a player that was, start, I think, started nine games last year uh, for them. We'll get to the Colts in a second on all of this. And again, I think you're, you're to be very clear on my personal stance, I don't want to speak for you, Zach, but I think, again, as I laid out, the number one money-making piece of media content anywhere in the world is the NFL. And, you, and the reason that is the case is because we don't know the outcomes. And so because it is the original reality TV show, the NFL has to control, like has to make sure that those outcomes are authentic. And the Colts player who was gambling on his own team, on his own like running back or whatever, like th those two, like you can't have that. I, I, I get it. Uh, and the rules are pretty cut and dry. I don't love the fact that MPF put out, puts out a statement and the very first sentence is, I didn't do anything that was related to the NFL and I didn't do anything that was illegal in Tennessee. Like, I, you know, that doesn't, I don't love that part of it, but the rules are the rules. And yeah. he knew what the rules were when he, when he made the mistake. And, and let me, let me be honest. I'm not blaming the union, but I think that if your argument is that the NFL has an education problem, then I would hit back and push back on that, that no, the NFL PA has an education problem. I don't think there is an education problem. And let me explain you, tell you why. There are over 3,100 NFL players that fall under the NFL PA CBA gambling policy purview. That means you got your 90 man rosters on 32 teams. Then you have all your free agents because we saw that a free agent actually got suspended. He wasn't even on a team, he got suspended. So you got up to anywhere from 3,100 players that fall under this. 10 players have been suspended. That is 0.323% of players have gotten suspended. That means 99.677% largely know the rules. So there is not an education issue. Yeah, This is a personal issue with the players being idiots and yeah. not either paying attention or not listening. And, and to go further on the union piece of this, the reason they don't put out statements and the reason they are okay with these rules in place for their players is because they make a shit ton of money off the gambling contracts. Exactly. Like, the reason they signed the paperwork and agreed to these types of restrictions and rules, even though we think they're kind of stupid, right? And right. a little bit draconian. The reason the PA has signed it is because part of that salary cap going up a bunch of dollars is because BetMGM Revenue and DraftKings into the pockets, the pockets and everything. Like they are pouring money into me. the league. You know, it's funny because everybody's like, "Well, the owners, oh, so the owners can you know have like FanDuel Stadium and blah blah blah." The players see that money. Yes, they literally yes. see that money yes. come to them. They both the players, the NFLPA and the NFL ownerships benefit and profit off of the gambling licenses and advertisements and all that kind of stuff. They literally do. But yeah, like it's it's like penny for penny almost. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 kind of utterly ridiculous how many people don't realize that like all the sponsorship ads for beer, you know, you know, uh beer, food, restaurants, gambling, all that stuff, also the players see it. it like there is no excuse let me say something. As How well. else do you think they calculate the salary cap? Right. Like, what do you think they're doing? <laughs> and and listen, six games, 
I, I agree seems extreme and everybody's like, well, you, you know, you don't get suspended for beating women that much and stuff like that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But what they're there, there's a little bit of difference of being caught red handed and then having to go through a legal system. Like there is no legal system that you have to go through yeah. for this because they have, they have you, they got your data, they got your IP address and gambling websites and mobile apps and all that stuff will not allow VPNs. So like they, they got your ass. Like this yeah. is like black, as black and white as it can get. Yeah. They got your ass. Yeah. Uh, I do think Stoney's right. Prison is probably the appropriate sentence for MPF, probably yes. prison, prison time. Um, look again, I, we can debate until we are all blue in the face about the, the merits of the rules or how strict the regulation is. And yes, when you put six games up for gambling on who knows what, uh, maybe it's an NCAA tournament game. Maybe it's a, you know, a, a World Cup match. Like, who knows what was going on when he when he did this? This was probably a while back. And again, Vrabel was asked about it multiple times and has been extremely nonchalant about it, which I assume means he already knew. He also said, was, like, we've coming. educated them. You know, it's uh, up right. to them just to follow the rules. Like, it's, it's I don't know. I, I just kind of think that I this agree. whole thing I is a little stupid, right? Like, I, I think there's every, no every part to of defend stupid. any of these players. In my After Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a year, that's when, hey, I don't want to get suspended for a year because that guy bet on the NFL game, but he bet it yeah. while he was laid up with injury. <laughs> you know, he wasn't even playing in the NFL and he got suspended yeah. for an entire year. Maybe I should learn the fucking rules. And, and I appreciate MPF saying, look, I didn't, I wasn't educated enough. I didn't know about this. So da, 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 blah, 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 blah. Like I, I, I am great. That's nice to have the intent. And I agree that that's good. And he, I assume we'll never make this mistake again. Um, but, I don't think because a lot of people say the NFL has a big gambling problem on their hands now. No. I mean, like I said, we're talking about 0.323% so far after a couple of years of it being largely widely legal across the league. I'm pretty sure at this point, players are going to start getting the message, especially. And that's why they're doing six games. That's literally why they're doing so hardcore suspensions right up the front yep. because they want to nip this in the butt now. Yeah, one assistant coach and 11 total players, according to ESPN, since 2018. We're talking about three people a year. Yeah. You know, out of, out of what did you say, 3,000 plus people? Yeah, 3,000 plus in, 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 yeah. in, in the league or around the league at any given time. Yeah, and, and A being said, if Rabel is not their babysitter, read the policy and follow it like everyone else that has a job that they do for their company. Again, we can disagree on the rule, and that's fair. And I don't love, again, I don't love seeing a player suspended six games for gambling on a World Cup soccer match. And it happens to be like inside one door. Like if he's outside the door, maybe it's not six games. I don't love that. But compared to four games for, you know. And Jake, they have firewall. 20, 23 women, you know. They have firewall information. But the NFLPA, it, actually, they did put out one memo. And it was talking about how when you sign up for these gambling websites and everything, Jake, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're probably old enough to gamble, but you're old enough for any kind of term of service that you have definitely just ignored. So you are willingly <laughs> giving up sharing your data to like oh. FanDuel and all them. And FanDuel yeah. has agreements in place, like all these gambling places have agreements in place with the NFL to share that data. So it's not really a firewall issue. It's just that you log in, your location has to be given there because you cannot gamble without the geolocation given. Right, exactly. Because again, I, I did it once. Like I was literally. And no, driving. they cannot. Tony, they, I tried doing a VPN in Kentucky. 
when I was there for a couple of years ago to gamble and it would not let me do a VPN. So they, they yeah. you can't, spoof. they're, they're, they're very good about there's that. There's a, there's a reason the Alabama baseball coach got fired this year within like hours of him placing a bet and doing something with his own team, because we have massive computers tracking all of this information in real time. The way like the stock market now is run by computers making trades in by like by the millisecond we, we are, it is, you are not getting away with this shit. And to, I think what's I don't I don't even really understand the outrage here. Again, if you want to be outraged about the rule, voice your opinion. It's totally fair. I can say, look, that's too draconian, etc. You can't argue about the what took place, and it it seems pretty clear that Mike Vrabel and MPF are they are they're very aware. The Titans, yeah, they, they, they knew. Everyone knows. Down. I'm pretty sure. Like, what's what's tough about this whole situation is that we've talked about this ad nauseum. Is that this was a big year. Finally, the Titans have their starting front five set for the the beginning of the year. We don't have to wait for eight games, and that is thrown out the window. At least they now have all of training camp to bring someone in or coach someone up or whatever they may do to replace them. But at the end of the day, if you want to place blame at someone, the only blame should be at the feet of NPF and the players that, that place the bets not the it's not the NFL's fault. It's not the NFL owner's fault. It's really not the NFLPA's fault. It is the players' fault themselves for just yeah not waiting. Why so, can't you just not wait? Uh, yeah, until you get home. I don't understand. Uh, like that's that's it's like having a. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's even dumber than a beer because it's you're putting like while it's not physically risking people, it's MPF's going to lose a lot of money with six games. And what's interesting about the Colts players to me, and we'll, we'll move on here um, soon, but because I want to ask you actually how they go about replacing him. No, it is not going to be Taylor Lewan. Um, I, I want to like the Colts guys, 25 to $50 bets over a hundred times. The Rogers kid, like one of the guys was a free agent. And I looked up the scout team salaries just to make sure, like if you're placing a thousand dollar wager and you're getting like, you'd have to get to, to, to make a practice squad salary, not an NFL salary to make a practice squad salary. You would be getting, you would need to get basically 12 or 13 to one odds on a thousand dollar bet every week to make it, to make more money than what you make as a undrafted free agent scout team practice squad player. You make $11,500 a week or up to $207,000 a year. If you do not have two accrued years, if you've had two accrued years in the NFL, you make $15,000 a week, $15,000 a week to be a practice squad player. So there is not a world in which the gambling is worth the risk for any one of these guys, even if they are a fringe roster player that might lose their job altogether. Like, you know how we're, those are the guys that would be the most susceptible, right? No, it's $15,000 a week. You'd have to make gambling to even be worth the squeeze to even try to skirt the rules, which we know you can't do. So I just wanted to point that out because I find those numbers to be interesting. You can you can make almost 300 grand a year just do, being the taxi squad player. So Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's it's silly. It's so such a silly thing to to me, yeah, the rules is silly. I understand the premise behind the rule. I understand what the rule is is meant to do, right? I do find it silly. However, I find breaking that Easy rule to understand and follow. One of the dumbest things you yeah. can do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like when Taylor Lewan got suspended for PEDs, which is, and he's like, well, I didn't really know what was in it. That <laughs> you've been in the excuse. league for forever and you have more money than God to get that stuff tested. And you can do that. Like you, there are steps you could take. It's like people who like these, um, 
It's like when Todd Downing didn't take a lift, even though he was blasted out of his mind. I, it, it, free. Free offered by the league to every player personnel. I just, just don't yeah, I, understand I agree. not making the easy – why make the easiest decisions so difficult? All right. And so, then blame everybody else, by the way. Like this – I don't like how NPF yeah, yeah, yeah. is shifting the blame because he doesn't want to get people on him. He wants to get people shifted over to – well, it's because it's so easy to do, right? Like you could see it like all over yeah, the yeah. timeline. Oh, well, the NFL has an education problem. I mean, I'd be look, I'd be pretty pissed if I did that, too. But I'd be pissed at myself because it'd be the dumbest thing in the fucking world. Um, so let, let's just quickly hear the options. And I, I want to <laughs> know it's not Taylor Lewan. I don't think you can move anybody over there. I don't think I Andre Dillard or Peter Skaronsky. I think you have a good settled center to left tackle situation for now. You leave it be. Can Brunskill play out there? Maybe they they try him. So they're going to try some players. I would assume that would be the smart thing to do. But doesn't this come down to? And I want to. I want you to kind of take it and run from here. But doesn't it come down to Jalen Duncan versus Jamarco Jones versus unknown free agent signing? Is that not where we're at right now for the first yeah. six weeks of the season? By the way, against the six, probably the six toughest game stretch that they're going to play the entire year for the and you record. could you could probably put john ojukwu in there as well uh the undirected free agent out of boise state um yeah and, and then again shifting brunskill over shifting brunskills over is not a massive offensive line shifting thing right yeah. like i mean if you take Skaronsky and put him at left tackle and you put andre dillard over at left tackle put aaron brewer left guard and then then you're just confusing everybody. So, and and by the way, we're kind of just, everybody's kind of like arguing and hypothesizing over who's going to give up five sacks the first six weeks and who's going to give up six. Like, that's what we're kind of <laughs> arguing over. You're, you're, right? saying, you're saying like varying degrees of bad. Yeah, just varying degrees of bad. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe it's not that bad. Maybe because training camp's there, we can get everybody more in a rhythm and all that kind of stuff is what they're kind of thinking. I'm afraid that the Titans are going to be with their usual next man up, next man up mentality, and then see none of these are the next man up, and then be like three weeks in a training camp, heading into the second preseason game, then bringing someone in. At yeah. this point, you have to sign George Fant. Like that is to me the guy in free agency. He has. He's played the last three seasons at right tackle. He's played like 36-something games. He's a free agent that's out there. He's probably going to be relatively cheap. Bring him in, and you got George Fant. You got Daniel Brunskill. You got Aaron Brewer in the center. You got Peter Skronsky, Andre Dillard. And really, that's probably just as good starting out. It may be a little worse, but that's that's a really good starting offensive line for the first six weeks. You got a you got lots of experience between yeah. on your right side of the line. I, I, I do think another name needs to be thrown into the mix. Whatever that name, whatever name that Vrabel and Carthon and Haas feel is, is the right name to go in there, I think there needs to be another one. You want the least minimally invasive solution possible. If you think you've got the other four spots on your offensive line settled and you need that to be good, you need it to work. It's kind of an experiment at this point and you need it to work. You don't need to be moving a bunch of pieces around. You need it to be as minimally, minimally as invasive as possible. Um, and by the way, the comments, you guys are doing a great job today. I just want to say you guys are you guys are awesome over there. Uh, MPF giving us he's the hero we needed to give us some content during the dead period. QC Hawk is this the ghost of Conklin still haunting the Titans. Um, it, it 
they just Seems can't catch like it. A, they just can't catch a break on the offensive line, man. They they really can't. And so I don't know. I don't think Duncan is the answer, boys. I'm just gonna. I, I don't think he's ready. I've I've always had questions about Jones. At least he is a, a, a warm body, I guess. I don't know. I think there has to be another name here. And it, no, it's not freaking Lawan. So yeah, but, I mean Lawan. I, I mean I don't the the people that clamor for Lawan to can't come back. I assume. Follow Luan very closely. Listen to Busted with the Boys. Probably watched him just do the Beer Olympics. That is not a man who looks like an offensive lineman anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> he, he, I'm not saying that he's out of shape or anything. I'm sure he's still in shape, but that's a guy that looks like a tight end. Like no, he's is, way yeah. He's he looks like he's in better shape, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, he but he's not at offensive line size. No, to to be able to play that position, I you know. It, it, it may come down to, because I see that Stoney has asked it, and I'm sure a lot of people have made this connection as well on Twitter. What happens with DeAndre Hopkins if they do sign George Fant? I mean, they still haven't signed Will Levis either. I mean, that's still got to be out there, but that's not that big of a deal. It, it all comes down to what they're willing to do for a six-game fix, right? Because this is only for six games. Now, it's a really difficult six game stretch and it was going to be difficult with or without NPF. So that's why I kind of think that they're not going to sign anybody, even though yeah. they should. Yep. They definitely should, but they, they also like think they situation. can, sorry. They also think they can solve every, every problem themselves. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's been the MO for this team. And so you, if, but if I am choosing between Deandre Hopkins and George Fant, I am going DeAndre Hopkins and rolling with whoever's yeah. on the roster yeah. that can step up because that's the guy that can help you all season long versus a guy that can only help you six games. And DeAndre Hopkins can alleviate some of the pressure off the offensive line if he is on the field with Traylon Burks, Chico Conquo, and the rest of those yeah. pass catchers. I, I, I agree. And I think this is actually quite easy to spin now that you now that we've you know adequately talked about how dumb it all is. The rule, the MPF decision, the gambling the the fact that the offensive line is now in flux like it's all dumb it's all pretty stupid uh but i think this the way you spin it is pretty easy it happened early enough that you've got time to work out the position every single practice in camp you've got every single practice in camp to work out the situation it is varying degrees of questionable offensive line play so you're going from like questionable right tackle play to like little less than that which means in a stretch of games that i already thought you were going to be 2 and 4 in anyway like okay so now you still might be 2 and 4 Maybe you're more right. likely. To, maybe you're more likely to be two and four. So you're kind of getting it out of the way. He's healthier in the back half of the season. In theory, in theory, he is more rested and and healthier for the second half of the season. So you can you can just spin it pretty quickly to, all right. Well, look, that was that was a trial period anyway in the regular season. Now we've got a healthy MPF for the second half. We've got all camp to figure and, and, out the problem. And don't you know. forget, you know, they have their bye week, week seven. So he's missing the first six weeks. Then he's got the bye week to yeah. kind of get back into the building, get into the groove if he wants to. And then he starts back up week eight, and there you go. Yeah. And so, again, if you thought they were going to go, I would say, if you thought they were going to be four and two in that stretch, that's not. You're probably I, I thinking just, three and three now, right? Like, I, yeah, and I would, I would strongly disagree with four and two in that stretch. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would have said, two, I think I said two and four when the schedule came out, and I probably will stick with two and four. I so I, it's weird to say, but it might not have an impact on the record at all, which is crazy. Well, so, well, and to be honest, I mean, NPF was 
he hit the rookie wall, right? Like, <laughs> shut up, Stony. <laughs> <laughs> he hit the the rookie wall. He was very serviceable and slightly, I would say, I think you would say he's NFL average throughout the first good bit of the season. I mean, he didn't allow sack for a while. He didn't allow sack in those first six games that he played. You know, so he only allowed five sacks on the season. He allowed a lot of pressures, but he's also was a rookie on an island because they're having to give Dennis Daly all the help and the tight end chipping over on his side because they couldn't trust Dennis Daly, and that still didn't work for Dennis right. Daly. Yeah, it wasn't good. So, like, he had a kind of rough into the year, and he, I think he was, he looked, he looked noticeably more healthy. Yep. He looked more in shape. I was expecting a big year from him, you know, in you know, in this coming season. So it does doesn't help, but I don't know if it necessarily it depends on who they replace him with, but whoever they replace him with is going to have a lot of experience on the offensive yeah. line. So uh, from to gel, and I think that's going to be huge yes. for this team. Uh, Jason, good question. Was he really good enough last year to not be threatened by this? He could lose his role. I don't think so because of what you just said, Zach. I think if you are banking on a Chigakonkwo step forward, a Kyle Phillips step forward, you know, Roger McCreary step forward, I, I think you have to bank on a third-round draft pick who was a five-star recruit who played a lot last year and showed some signs of promise. I think you have to bank on him stepping forward this year. So I think you have to assume that he's safely the right tackle and good enough to be the right tackle when he returns. And so therefore, it is a it is a question. It is a hole that they've got to plug, and it's a concern. But I, my point is that that was the toughest stretch already. I already didn't think they were going to be great during that stretch. I don't know if it changes my opinion about what their record is going into the bye week, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, and for him to lose his job, like Jalen Duncan would have to come in or yeah. whoever is replacing him. I'm just going to say Jalen Duncan, but whoever replaces him is going to have to come in and allow like out of these six games, <laughs> some of the best offensive line play you've ever seen. He's They're going to have to allow like yeah. 10 pressures, no sacks, there you go. Like then yep. we could talk about him, you know, maybe losing his job, but I really, I really doubt that will be the case. Cause I, at the end of the day, I find what the Colts did by cutting their players a little extreme, a little cold hearted, even though, you know, the they're NFL, already getting suspended, NFL, right? Like NFL baby. What, one of them. I don't like if you're cutting a practice squad player. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that is what it is. When you're cutting a guy who started nine games last year for you yeah. at, at, a, at a kind of a premium position on defense where that, you're that already very, very thin, by the way, like they're they're yeah. now starting two rookie corners at this point. So they were already very, very thin at the defensive back position. So I, I mean, you weren't going to get that guy to play anyway, but yeah. I think he was still had to this year and next year left on his contract. So I just I don't think. I don't think Vrabel is going to overreact or Rand Carthon technically is going to overreact yeah. to this. And yeah. so I don't think he's going to lose his job unless someone comes in and plays out of their minds from out of nowhere. Yep. I, I agree. Um, all right. So sinkers, beverages, Kingston group. We're going to talk about the NHL draft versus the NFL draft. We're going to do some hot takes for the Titans and for sec football here. Um, but we do, we do appreciate MPF for placing that bet to give us at least 30 minutes of content this week. We do appreciate it. Um, sinkers, beverages. Listen, we went on this, uh, trip to this bourbon trail thing. And I, 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 I might've already talked about this. So I don't remember, but I'm just going to do it again because I want to reiterate how good sinkers is at picking out alcohol. I just want to reiterate this by the way, Search Uber Eats, Sinkers Beverages, and they'll deliver the booze directly to your house. They'll drive so you can drink. There we go. 
a little out of practice for both of us. Um, Sorry, I'm so, reading this tweet, this random tweet from PK that says wanting Corey Davis back is really not smart. Like, who's talking about Corey Davis right now amidst of this all this NBF news? PK's living so, in your head right now, and you're living in his. Uh, all right, popped up on my feed. Let me let me get back to sinkers here. So we get, we did this trip. We we drove on the bus right up to. Uh, to wild turkey and we picked out the barrel pick which by the way will be available uh for you listeners we're gonna have some select bottles to give away and sell to you guys uh via sinker so we do appreciate that um but like i don't i don't like gin at all i don't like i can't drink gin i don't like gin i had one really terrible night in college on gin and i've never really gone back to gin i think i tried a gin martini during the pandemic because i was bored at home one time and it was awful it was terrible decision um i don't think i've ever poured a drink out before but that was it but even Sinkers found me a gin drink that I liked. I, I I pop a can. It's called what? The long drink? The long it's, day. The long the long day? The long yeah. drink. Uh, I, I think it was long day. Either way, it was a long day. Either way, I have this gin drink now that like my wife likes. She doesn't like gin. I now have it. You can get it 5%, 10%. But like the point is, Sinkers is just constantly out there searching and probing. And you know, they're 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 culling the the alcohol ranks, it's like the undrafted free agents, you know, like they're out there just acquiring new drinks for people. And I now have a gin drink that I like, which I never thought I would ever do. So there you go. There you go. Um, I know, I know Stoney's a huge gin guy, but I, I, I don't know. Are you a gin guy? I don't like gin. So, but it was, I like tasty. gin and mixed drinks because I just can't taste it. Yeah. Yeah. It's too aromatic for me. Uh, King, Kingston group, buildkg.com. Of course, don't uh, make any big decisions about your house renovations. Selling, buying, etc., etc., etc. You guys know the drill. Just call them. Just talk to them. Check out their work, by the way. Like, go check out their social feeds. Go check out the website. Uh, there is some really amazing stuff in there. It, you, I don't know if we're ever gonna not stare at home renovation TV shows and like Pinterest and Instagram stuff. Kingston Group stuff is as good as anybody's. Like, I'd go look at their stuff if you want to get some ideas for what you want to do for your house. So, uh, give them a call. Buildkg.com. All right. Did anyone of you listening, any of you commenters, Zach, you, did you guys, did anybody know or watch or see any of the NHL draft on Wednesday night? I did. I watched a little bit of it and I okay. watched, I kept up with it on my phone and stuff. It, it seemed like it takes forever. Like the picks, like Steve Lehman, for whatever reason, was the guy that kept popping up on my feed, but he kept popping up like really, like it felt like it was a really long between picks. Yes. And, um, and that seems unusual for, and that seems very unusual for something like the NHL. Like it seems like it should be a sport with tempo. It should be just the tempo should be just a little yes. bit quicker. I, I think the biggest problem, and it's my first time going to the NHL draft. Um, there was a ton of energy about the Connor Bedard pick. He was the number one player in the draft. He went to Chicago and there was a ton of Blackhawks fans there. I, I just don't think that they understand like how to market their products sometimes. Like the NFL, like I always tell this story, and I don't maybe I've told this story to you before, I don't know, but I was doing a show for Sirius XM like downtown during the NFL draft. We were at like Margaritaville or something. I don't know. And during a commercial break, right after the Steelers picked linebacker Devin Bush from Michigan. Michigan. This is not South Dakota State. This is a fucking Michigan linebacker. And I get I go down off the stage. I, I, I go over to the bar and there's a guy wearing a Steelers jersey who, who's like spent thousands of dollars to come to Nashville to watch a guy walk across the stage 300 yards away. And like, I took a whole week off to do that, you know? And I was like, dude, you got to be excited about Devin Bush. That's a really good player. He kind of fits into your model. I love, he's a really physical guy. Da, da, da. He's like, no idea who that is. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan who spent thousands of dollars to come to Nashville to go to the draft 
to watch a little human walk across the stage 300 yards down the road. Had no idea. Had never watched a Michigan football game before and didn't know who Devin Bush was. So I'm Which always. It I, seems very unreal. Like you found the one insane. guy. Yeah, no, it's you not. Found, it's, like, it's NFL people don't like, especially Northeastern folk. They do not watch college football on Saturday. They take care of all their other stuff, I guess. And I don't understand it. Don't. But but I, I keep I say that story. and I tell that story to keep in mind. The amount of knowledge that you have, the the. No one knows anything about any of these players and the in the NHL draft. Because if an NFL guy doesn't know who Devin Bush is, there's no chance that anybody in the watching the NHL draft as a fan casually knows who any of these people are. I don't even they, know when they the NCAA has their hockey season. <laughs> like I don't even know when they play hockey. And let alone NHL, do I know any of these players. I mean, I will say this. Uh Matthew Wood was at the was a Matthew. First pick, yeah. Yeah. Um they said he was like 6'4", 198, and I'm thinking, that's going to look really weird on skates. Because I, I know Ekholm was really tall off skates, right? Ekholm, like, was, Ekholm was like 6'4", yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, stood, I stood next, I I stood next to Matthew Wood. I don't know how big he was. Yeah, how big was, I, I mean, Ekholm thickness-wise? Was he pretty uh, I mean, he wasn't 18 years old. Like, that's the difference. He yeah. was a 30-year-old, grown-ass adult man who'd been working as a professional athlete for a decade. And this kid looks like it. That, that's the problem, is that the NHL doesn't, market the player during the event so to your point about the time this is the weird one of the weirdest things about being there in in, in person it was more fun than i think watching on tv probably because they had lots of presentations and music and stuff and it was cool but like no one knows anything about any of these players not none of the media how, how about this the russian kid who went like sixth overall Mitchkov. the teams themselves did not get to scout him very much because there's a war in russia right now so don't tell me if the teams didn't get to scout him very much that anyone in the media or any fan has any clue about these players. And then the NHL doesn't put them on screen. They put 12 executives up there on, on stage that are all from the team. They don't like the NFL markets the athlete. They, they create the NBA markets the athlete. Well, it's because they know that they when they come in, they're almost guaranteed to be an immediate contributor, right? Like the, sure, the people sure. that they bring on stage are the most marketable players of that NF or that particular draft class where the NHL, none of these players come in and co compete right away, except for maybe like what one or two, uh, I guess the, the dart, number one, yeah, Bedard the dart might, he might play. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're so young when they get drafted that they go and play, you know, yeah, minor like, league but, or wherever they they go to play in the, in the, in the NHL. And, they, you don't see them for two or three more years. I mean, maybe three or four if you're lucky. You know, it's just how it works. In his press conference, Matthew Wood, the first pick for the Predators, who is a forward out of UConn from Canada, British Columbia. He is like, he was the 15th overall pick. If you don't know anything about him, fine. Nobody else does either. He's a power forward. Uh, he In the press conference, we were like, yeah, so what's your plan with college? And he's like, I'm going back next year. Like, which is totally normal. It's totally normal and fine to go play another college season after being drafted by the National Predators. So it's just that they do. I think the NHL does themselves a giant disservice by not, you know, marketing the athlete, marketing the player, maybe telling the stories better. I, I don't know if there's some rule changes around eligibility that makes it more interesting. I, I just don't know. But the basically by the sixth pick when the Russian kid went, who's a phenom, after that, the energy in the building just kind of whoosh. It was and gone. then I guess I guess the draft has been going on today, which I totally 
I think I knew that it just started, but now it's saying that David Poyle makes his uh, final pick. The the only thing you need to know about this, this the um, but he says he makes the pick as Preds GM. So is Barry Trotz not technically no. the GM? No, July first, um, Saturday, Barry Trotz well, becomes the GM because uh, it's the end of the league year. I think is when it starts. Like he oh, begins. Man, the begins. NHL has just got so many weird rules that don't that doesn't make any sense. Apparently, that I, I mean more weird rules that don't even that I didn't even know about. So he, this is all you need to know about the popularity of the NHL draft. And and the MLB is the same because the players don't impact the team right away, although more so. Also, the College World Series just drew like record ratings, and it's probably going to be the number one overall pick playing for the LSU. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the number one pick could come impact your team right away, and he just played in the national championship. So like everyone was watching and kind of knows who Dylan Cruz is or Paul Skeens or whatever. Where whereas the the draft started at 10 a.m. today, round two. Of the draft, the most important time to acquire talent on your franchise started at 10 a.m. on a Thursday. That's it's just insane. How Can you imagine the NFL doing that? Yeah, how much they mismanage it, you know? It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Um, they, they all look like, and Herdin said this, and he's absolutely right. Uh, and I hate to quote him on this show, uh, but they they do all of them look like they played for the hawks and like a, they're all villains in a 90s movie they oh, all yeah, look like they're sure. villains in a 90s movie and i was i responded to him i was like yeah they all played against gordon bombay's team uh, they're pretty that's much all uh henchmen for hans gruber <laughs> that's right yes it's not a christmas movie um no, definitely a christmas movie it's christmas all throughout yeah it's not about christmas though so yes it is Yes, it is about Christmas. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Uh, we'll we'll wait till there's no NPF news, and then we can have that argument. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to do some hot takes here? Do you have any other questions about the draft? Anybody in there have any questions? Well, I about mean, the draft? Do, I mean, you covered the NFL draft. I would. Do you know if they did the press get anything for covering? Because you got a nice bottle of whiskey. I did. I got a large bottle of whiskey. No, the NFL yeah. doesn't do. The NFL doesn't do shit like that. <laughs> the NFL, I just thought it was interesting. I, I have, I have, God, I don't know. Um, the SEC and the NFL don't do anything like that. I, I, yeah. I, I've been to like some Big East, back in the old Big East football media days. And like, you'd get some like gift or the Pac-12 might give you a, a little gift bag or something. Um, the Preds do it for the postseason. You kind of always get like a little something, like a little shot of moonshine or something in a, in a, like, I think I've got back here, like a piece of the actual glass of the boards from like the Stanley Cup run, which is kind of cool. Um, but. No, a full fifth of single barrel jack and <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. Uh, no, that's not an NFL move. They don't. Yeah. They're just like they're like show up and talk about our 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 league and get the fuck out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, okay, what did you get? Senior Bowl gave you guys what? Oh, Free Reese's. Got, oh yep. yeah, we oh, got course. Reese's hats too. And I gave uh, I gave my hat to our uh, oyster shucking boy over at uh, shit was uh, Winsels. Was that before or after you vomited? Uh, that been before. I vomited before I made it to the game. Okay, good. I'm a professional. I would never I, vomit at a game. I, I appreciate that uh, about you. Okay. Uh, all right. So some hot takes here. Intentionally piping hot during the hottest week of the calendar year so far in Nashville in 2023. Uh, go to Sinker's Beverages to cool down and use the Kingston Group to stay inside. How about that? Um, all right. You're going to go Titans. I'm going to go SEC. So I want you to throw one out. Okay. Let me hear it. And then we can all react together in real time. Okay, I got two of them. Do you only have two? Do I need to come up with a third at some point? Uh, we'll just see how many we like. Okay. We'll just keep going. We'll alternate. The Tennessee Titans defense and the Tennessee Titans offense 
will both rank top 10 through the first six weeks in the following categories. The Tennessee Titans defense will rank top 10 in most sacks produced by the defense. And the Tennessee Titans offense <laughs> and the offensive line will produce be top 10 in the least uh, the least amount of sacks allowed. Oh, especially did first, you write that before MPF got No, after it, yeah, I went extra spicy. If we're going if we're going heat wave spicy, I go all in heat wave spicy. So they will be a top 10 team at protecting the quarterback through the yep. first 6 weeks without their second year right tackle. Yep, and they will be top 10 in most sacks Man. on the by the defense. I do so I do not think I think the package deal if you're talking about like a two yeah. bet par, parlay kind yeah. of thing. That's very that's pretty spicy. Pretty spicy. I would get I don't know, I would give that like 4 buck risings. Um, I think the defense is not really that hot of a take to, to be honest. Like they could be top 10 the entire year. They could finish top 10. They could start top 10. I could see them being top 10 through, through the entire course of the season. So I don't think that's a really big reach there at all. I, I think you're, I think waiting till after MPF gets suspended to say, Nope, they're still going to protect the quarterback. Now I'm assuming your argument is faster tempo ball gets out of hand, faster, more weapons, yep. a little bit better around Ryan Tannehill. Right. Yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, the offense, if you're missing just one player, the offense can mask and adjust and compensate for that one player. So to me, it's like I look at it and I think, okay, well, he only gave up five. He gave up zero sacks during his time. So maybe this isn't as spicy a take as possible. But what I think is that the, the unit as a whole will be top 10 in both categories. And I know that the defense doesn't seem like it's that spicy of a take either, but they played their toughest offensive schedule. You got Lamar Jackson in there in that, uh, that span, you know, you got really good quarterbacks that they've, that can give you problems with bringing them down or can compensate for that. So I do think it's a little bit spicy for the first six weeks. If it was the whole year, I would say the defense isn't as spicy, and then like the offensive line is mega, mega, mega spicy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like this, I think is a little spot is way spicy with the offense, and just a tad bit spicy yeah. on the defense. It's like one one of the little peppers on the menu yeah. for the defense, like three peppers on on the offense. If it's a three pepper three pepper scale, typically it's a four or five pepper scale. But right, it's a three right, pepper scale. Yeah, exactly. Out of a five pepper scale. <laughs> No, I, I think I, I think it's a it's a lot spicier than what you what you're giving credit for for the 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 defense uh, the defense because you're talking about New Orleans has a pretty good offensive line because they're all healthy. Uh, Derek Carr is pretty good at avoiding sacks or get he ta- he'll take the easy he'll take the easy throw instead of taking a sack. And then you got the Chargers with Justin Herbert who can kind of move around and you're getting them really early and they'll probably be really healthy. You got Deshaun Watson who's kind of give or take, but you know, you don't know really what you're going to get with Deshaun Watson, but he is a mobile enough quarterback. So is Jacoby Brissett if he has to step in. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. And I know that they have sacked him nine times, but you could be going, you could be looking at a three week drought by the time you even get to Cincinnati. No, that's the Colts. Thinking yeah. about the quarterback play, I think once you add that element into it, I, I yeah. think you're right. Maybe I, maybe it's four peppers and two peppers. Maybe I should yeah. have gone. I think it's four peppers, two peppers, and and a I combo think. platter of at least four peppers, if yeah. not five peppers. Because again, if you're trying to do the part, like if you're doing, if you're turning it into a parlay and you're doing both, yeah. I have to hit. You got to do both. They're all the, that's yeah. one heat wave. Hot okay, take. okay, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, here's one for you. Uh, Joe Milton, SEC hot take here. 
Joe Milton will be the most productive quarterback in the SEC. Wow. So what do you mean by that? And the Tennessee Volunteers will be worse. Oh, okay. So you are saying that he will have the most touchdowns and most yards or like most yards per attempt, most touchdowns, least amount of interceptions? I'm not going like PFF yards per attempt adjusted against defensive efficiency. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying – he he's going to throw for the most yards and the most touchdowns running and throwing combination okay of of any quarterback in the entire SEC and the Tennessee Volunteers will be two games worse than they were with Hendon Hooker is what Ooh, I two think games worse you you went you you added that one you did, you just well, said just, they're going to be worse I like it. I like it. no you said two games somewhere. okay so okay go ahead I like it if we're going spicy guy go spicy guy get play I like it uh I disagree I think it's what's the to me what the spiciest part of that is kind of like the defensive and the offense like, I don't think being two games worse is that spicy based on our conversations. Kind of like you didn't think the defense was. Yeah. But I think that the really spicy thing is that Joe Milton is going to be the most productive quarterback in the, in the sec. That is like that to me, if that's not just as spicy, that may be spicier than my offensive line. Ooh, but I, I think okay. it's, I think okay. it's really highly, we're talking like, Four peppers at minimum, maybe like four point five peppers, because I 4.5. think Joe Milton is gonna be. I don't think that it's in the cards for Joe Milton to be a very productive quarterback. He's too busy making media tours, throwing like babies or whatever he's throwing. You know, hey, what will Joe Milton throw next? Is the you know yeah. uh, topic and stuff like it doesn't really seem like he's really focusing on football. The 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 general sort of crux of the take in theory is that he is going to produce a lot of empty yards and points that that is sort of my the the i they are going to when they beat teams they're going to beat them badly and joe milton will have 400 yards of offense and three or four touchdowns but his when it when they need him the most to be like hendon hooker against alabama texas a&m georgia maybe even kentucky in the most important games of the year at florida i don't know if he has what it takes to deliver the the goods so uh, the point is is he's there's also nobody else on the rock. Like this Nico talk is not is ridiculous. He is going to be the starting quarterback. Joe Milton is. Yeah. So I think he's going well, to Nico, produce. He, I mean, Nico is like what? 70 pounds sopping wet. Yeah. yeah I mean, like he's going to get, I, I don't have high hopes for Nico staying healthy. I think he's like going to be one of Wood. those. Yeah. He's going to be one of those quarterbacks that everybody had high hopes for. And we're all looking back. Like he dude just couldn't stay healthy. No, I just the fact that he, Joe Milton will start all the games as long as oh, he's yeah. healthy and and will produce again. I think he's going to produce a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers. I just am curious how many of those numbers. Like again, Joe Milton had a huge game against Vanderbilt when they won fifty-five to nothing. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I we'll we'll see. So okay, all right, I like it. All right, go ahead, Titans number two. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the Tennessee Titans will field next year four All-Pros, two first-team All-Pros and two second-team All-Pros. The two first-team All-Pros will be Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons, and the two second-team All-Pros will be Aziz Al-Shair and Ooh. Chick Anquo, who will unseat George Kittle as the number two quarterback. And, T- or tight number two tight end. And let me say something. A real side note of something I am tired of seeing is all these people, and there's multiple people, acting like Chig Okonkwo is some hidden gem, a hidden secret for the, for this Tennessee Titans fan base that nobody's paying attention to. 
Chico Kakwo is was always going to be good if you watched last year. Yeah, the, any game that he played. So or, it's or not the, or really the first some practice. breaking news. <laughs> yeah, we we knew all the stats last year in 2022, and it's 2023, and people are like, oh, you you better pay attention to Chico Kakwo. Chico Kakwo was always going to be good. This he's not. He's technically a breakout in terms of fantasy, but he's, he's not a like top a hidden gem under the radar kind of guy. So if you want to go bold and put your full weight behind yeah. Jig, come with me on the second <laughs> all pro train. Because that's how and I legit believe that this is gonna happen. Like I know this is a real hot take because the Titans rarely field yeah. four all team four all pros. Uh, how how many all that pros is my how many all pros have they had over the last four years total? Oh, last four years? Because you got Saffold's was in there. So Saffold's one? Was was Conklin, Bi- was, Bayard was an all pro once. Count. Yeah, Bayard, uh, Henry. But they're not guaranteed to get one each year, though. Like, there's no, no. I that's it's a spicy take because I, I'm, oh, I think this is four. I think this is five peppers because I, it's two first teams and two second teams. I, I, I you know. Because you know, obviously, Chig's not going to beat out Travis Kelsey unless Travis Kelsey gets injured. I oh, uh, <laughs> I've and I'm saying Stonehouse's first team, so that's three first teamers. Oh my god, I want to second on this. teamers. I so I think this is five peppers for sure. This is way off the charts spicy. This I is forgot goat. about Stonehouse because the the uh, and unfortunately, I I think all pro is a far better reflection of what's the reality on the field than mm-hmm. than anything else. Like any any other awards that that are given because I think it is like pretty genuinely accurate about who's the best at the position. Um and, and I think Stonehouse could be an all pro. There's no question about that. I think Bayard could uh, Simmons is Simmons, Bayard and Stonehouse I think are actually not not bad bets. I Chig Chig is interesting because I've seen him projected as fantasy He's a top ten fantasy tight end right now. Like he's that's, that's not hard because you can be top ten fantasy and only score like eighty points because it's a worthless <laughs> fucking position. Right. But he yeah. is a top I believe a top five tied in in the league and i think that what makes it so spicy is that he's a second year player but also mark andrews and george kittle there's some stiff competition to get to that all pro yeah spot. i don't i just kind of i think i'm telling you if you want to say that it's breakout year because i think chig for all okay. intents and purposes okay. is going to be is going to take the league by storm and that re- involves because that will involve getting in a second team all pro okay okay um man i gotta think about this one because i just i i i am a big believer in him yeah and again i think if you saw him practice the first week he practiced much like kyle phillips there was just like a maturity and an understanding that he would be a pretty decent nfl player um and it all all accounts have pointed to that happening this year everybody kind of agrees i to go to one or first or second or third best tight end of uh, in the in the world I, i don't know i'm not going there yet and it's a long way to go. If it's just done on receiving and sort of receptions and like playmaking ability, maybe a lot of that all pro is baked into blocking as well. So he's going to have to improve there. I, I think that's pretty spicy to put five, five all pros. I'm feeling it. I'm, I think Aziz Alshair is a sneaky oh, all pro Oh, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. I think that's um, a sneaky all pro pick. He's going to have the opportunities. And he does come from San Francisco. So he kind of has a little bit of hot market stench on him from san francisco <laughs> and it, people know who he is because he played at san francisco is that, is that where covid came from is a hot, yeah, market hot market stench, stench. uh God but damn. yeah i think i think that 
I th- David Long was on so many people's radar and felt I he almost I think would have gotten an All Pro last year if he had stayed healthy and he <sighs> couldn't stay healthy and he was so close because let me tell you something everybody talked about David Long being a standout defensive player and I think he would have got second team All Pro. Do they give it to three linebackers? Each year, or is it outside pass rusher and then like two inside? Like, what, what is the actual uh, layout of the team? Do you know? Shit, for no. for him to be one of the four best middle linebackers in the NFL, that's a pretty big leap from not starting. Like, he's a good player. I like him. I think he's going to be very good. But that's a that's a huge, huge leap. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Tight end. So they only you only get two tight ends. So you get like one for the first team, one for the second team. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. That's a pretty big leap for Chig. I think it's. I think he's talented enough to get there. Maybe in maybe in year three, maybe. It I, looks but I, like it looks like you get who was it last year? Like two. Well, Wagner, Mosley, and Demario Davis are all inside linebackers, right? I think so. Yeah, but so Wagner, they all got those three all qualified for second team. So I think it's just like they lump them in. They have outside linebacker because Micah Parsons got both, right? He got inside linebacker and outside linebacker. I see it here now. That's ridiculous. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So eight inside linebacker spot players were voted oh, wow. to the All-Pro. So he has to be one of the best eight inside linebackers. Yeah, and he could be – and I think that he has to just be the bottom the bottom part of the eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I like the spicy take. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a smart, spicy take. Okay, you want the last one here? We'll wrap yeah. up. Go to Sinkers, Kingston Group, of course. Uh, Stack in the inbox, F-Words Pod. You got Pod Bless Nashville, brand new uh, show from 440 Media about uh, all things news and politics and government and business and everything, so go check that out as well. Uh, all right. George is going to lose a regular season game, and they're not going to win the SEC. I don't think that's that, that spicy. It's not that spicy. They're not going to win the SEC. To me, I, my, if I had to do an SEC spicy take, my SEC spicy take was going to be Alabama's going to go undefeated and win the national championship. That that's pretty Which spicy. Maybe it's not that spicy. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't. I don't. George's... I don't think. I don't think picking Alabama to win the national championship is very spicy. But everybody's so down on them. You know, everybody said this is the worst Alabama team in the history of mankind. Apparently, and Nick Saban's going to okay. add up on the on the. Well, bulk. let me let me add let me add to it then. So I'll not only will I add to the spicy take, but I'll add to the rat poison as well. How about yeah, that? I like it. Let's do it. Uh, neither Alabama or Georgia will win the SEC this year. Wow. So you you're probably in the, this scenario. LSU's winning it. Uh huh. Yeah. No one else can do it. But. Here's the thing. Georgia is dealing. Georgia's dealing with some shit right now. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens. This is what we talk about all the time in college football. When you win back-to-back national championships, the spotlight gets brighter. People poke around more. People care more about what's going on in your program. And they are not only dealing with the speeding and the, and the death, not the, I almost said the wrong word, the death of two people inside the organization, a staffer and a teammate who's now the, the families are now suing the institution. Kirby smart has done very little to address it. Now they're covering up sexual and domestic assault constantly and leaving people. That stuff eventually rots you from the inside out. Well, and combine it, it eventually with gets everything that's been going on even before that. You're talking about Jalen Carter. Yeah. What happened with Isaiah Wilson. There is stuff in that program yep. you that can't is sustain. rotten to its core, and it's just it just keeps on going. You can't sustain it. Going. So you can win champion. You can like Florida did this. 
They won two championships while their tight end was murdering people, allegedly, allegedly. You can survive for a chunk of time, but it's unsustainable. Eventually, it catches up to you. And I would argue that when you lose your star quarterback who saved your bacon multiple times at the in the fourth quarter of key games, Missouri and Ohio State, namely last year, you lose your, your star two-time starting quarterback, you lose your offensive coordinator, you lose like 17 players off the defense in two years, in two draft classes, NFL talent-wise. Now you're starting to see the effects of the, the success from the inside out starting to come out. I could see Georgia and complacency and lack of focus and distractions and all that other shit. I, I am right now. I'm having a very strange moment with Georgia because I've been on the like Georgia it. bandwagon for two years yeah. and I am, I'm starting to look, I'm, so, I'm, I'm Brian Kelly curious. I'm looking over there and I'm going, man, dude's a really good coach. They got a really good defense. They got a really good offense. If they can beat Florida you believe state, it's Hayden Daniels. I, just, I don't love, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love it, but they're the only one on the list that could do it. Tennessee's yeah. not going to win the East and win the SEC. Neither is Arkansas or Ole Miss or Kentucky or whatever. Like I, I can't even hot take any of that shit. But but LSU could win the SEC and could get into the playoff with if the right things happen. And if Georgia is just too distracted and too much in on itself, I three peats don't happen, man. It's never happened. Yeah. There's a reason. It, it, so. The Alabama fan in me is like, yeah, I, I totally believe that. But I guess objectively, take a step back objectively. That is definitely a, a three or four, three point five pepper. Spicy okay. hot take, especially coming from you, because like you said, I mean, you basically have talked up Georgia so much. You kind of started looking like a bulldog to me. So, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Easy there. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm Easy pretty there. sure that. Um, yeah, I, I have to get three point five spicy peppers it, it, to pick neither Bama or Georgia. I think that's like four or five. Oh, yeah. yeah throwing in Alabama. But I just want to yeah, go back. Yeah. And I did say, OK, OK, that okay. it wasn't that spicy you know, for the Georgia that, alone, but they like, are the both of them. You're talking like 4.5. Okay. Oh, that's fair. I like that. That's fair. Cause I think they, they are the overwhelming number one team in the nation. Yeah. They have the best players. They have the easiest schedule. They, they are the defending champ. Like they are the betting favorite. They are going to be a double digit favorite in every game. Like there is, it's very hard to find a loss on their schedule. So I, I think it's pretty spicy to say that they're not winning the sec because somebody has to beat them and maybe, yeah. maybe they have to lose twice to get out, yeah. knocked out of the knocked out of the playoffs. So, okay, there you go. Spicy takes, spicy summer takes here on a football show. Uh, no show on Monday. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Um, we do appreciate all your support. All you guys in the comments, we appreciate you guys. Stacking the inbox, F-Words Pod, 440 Sports, all the great podcasts, Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group, uh, all those places. Go support. We do appreciate it. Local business, local music, local artists, local news, local companies. Uh, support local, buy local, all that great stuff. For Zach, I am Braden. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody.